It is time to talk with that man behind the steel curtain, Brian Anthony Davis, on just a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. And not only are we going to talk the Steelers, but it is National Chili Day. And this is a man involved with chili competition. So we're going to start off, no, not with the Steelers. We're going to talk chili, somewhat a version of Coach Gordy's Kitchen and a first-time visitor to Coach Gordy's Kitchen is Brian Anthony Davis. Good to have you, Brian Anthony Davis. Coach, or should I call you Chef Gordy? I'm going to be here. Well, actually, we have our beloved Chef Nikki, and she comes into, as others do, Coach Gordy's Kitchen, where we do an array of food and dessert preparation. So welcome to Coach Gordy's Kitchen, and it is National Chili Day. This is exciting, Brian. Oh, man, you're talking right in my wheelhouse particularly the debate as there are with other types of history is the origination of chili now we want to tell everyone in spanish chili refers to the chili pepper and carne means meat of course we have chili con carne that full name and we are certainly observing national chili day we can take you back brian to 1529 and what is wow. now Mexico City, the Aztecs, and the use of beef as the primary meat originated with Spanish colonizers. Very interesting. So that is some of the debate. And then we get into the 1850s, a recipe describing dried beef, suet, dried chili peppers, and salt which were pounded together. Oh, this fits in well, since we're talking to Steelers also. That ferocious defense formed into bricks. Oh, my goodness. Now we're oh, talking wow. that offensive line. And left to dry, which could then be boiled in pots in an army encampment in Monterey of what is now a part of Mexico. Chile became commonly prepared in northern Mexico and southern Texas. So this is very interesting that unlike some other Texas food, such as barbecued brisket, have you had that? Yes, I, I think I have. Chile largely I've... originated with working class Tijuana and Mexican women. This is so educational for you to share with others. The Chile Queens of San Antonio, Texas, were particularly famous in previous decades for selling their inexpensive chili-flavored beef stew in their casual chili joints. So much like we have our hot dog on a hamburger places, there were chili stands. The San Antonio chili stand, Brian, in operation at the 1893 Columbian Exposition in Chicago helped popularize chili. By giving many Americans their first taste of it, San Antonio was a tourist destination and helped the Texas-style chili con carne spread throughout the South and West. Now, this is very important, chili con carne is the official dish of the U.S. state of Texas as designated. This is... I can believe that. Understand. Now, there is our brief history of chili. Now we're going to get into Brian Anthony Davis' history of chili. First off, 
how did you get involved with making chili, which will lead us into your chili competitions? Well, i got to tell you, I refused to eat chili as a kid. I don't think I tasted chili until I was in my 20s. Uh, that was, uh, and I basically, I was in a situation where, like, if my mom would make it, I would not eat it. In fact, there was a time, and I grew up in an Italian family, where I would never eat spaghetti with meat sauce until much later in my life. I loved meat, I loved burgers, but I would never like it with sauce. And then something happened, uh, I believe I was at a friend's house, and that's what they were serving. And I had no choice but to eat it. And I was like, where have you been all my life? It was just absolutely amazing. So Things then I change. fell in love with it. Taste change. So I was working for a radio station in, in a, a place called Elkins, West Virginia, and they had a chili comp competition. It was like a National Chili Society competition at Snowshoe Mountain Resort. I and, get ski reports for there. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's a great place. And so that was about 45 minutes from where I was living. It went up there in the summertime. They put me up in a hotel room, and they said, you're going to be a judge. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to be a judge. I mean, I'm not, I've had chili maybe once or twice. But I'm not a big fan of it. And I remember the guy taking us around to all, there was about 35 chilies there. And there was a million spoons. There were so many spoons. You took, you took a bite, you threw the spoon away. And uh, that's, that's the way it went. And he said, look, when you're tasting a chili, you want to pick the one that you don't think's the best, but the one that you would want to serve at your Super Bowl party. So that's the way I started to think about it. And I was, I was thinking, you know, this would be cool. Wonder if, wonder if I could do this. So I just started messing around making my own chili, and I would make them for Steeler games. And then I, uh, I was in Frostburg, Maryland. Well, let's stop there, Brian. Time. In those early days of messing around, how did you develop your first chili recipes, what to put in, and so on? This is exciting. <laughs> Gordy Sports, a little more. I asked my mom, <laughs> what do you do? Because I was still not a big bean guy. I, I, uh, I'm not a huge bean fan, um, but what I decided to do, she told me what to do, and we entered, we entered a, a chili cook-off. And so one thing she always told me, when she makes spaghetti sauce, when she makes anything, she's like, you put in sugar, because sugar is going to take the acid, the bitterness away from the tomatoes. There's a lot of bitterness. You don't put too much sugar in, but you put in some sugar. And then so what I would do is I would put that in, and I noticed I would put, uh, I decided to just start messing with it. I decided to, uh, my, my earliest, uh, when I was messing around with chili, I was, uh, I was putting butter in it and, uh, like, sauteing the meat <laughs> along with the vegetables first before I put anything in. And that's something I still do now. I put a ton of garlic in it. I put the onions, the peppers, and some of the spices, and I uh, I let it burn down and uh, get all the grease out of it, and then I then I start adding everything to it. But there's been so many different versions, and I decided that I didn't want to put sugar in it. So instead of putting sugar, I decided to uh, put something else in. And one of the things Mom taught me was you need to add water to it, and the water, some of the water will burn down, but to lengthen the chili, 
you've got to add to it. And I'm like, well, water's going to dilute the taste. So I'm not put, I don't want to put sugar in it now. Why don't I put Coca-Cola in it? Because I was at I, How this came about is I was at a, uh, I was at a Cracker Barrel, and I saw a recipe book that said 50 things to put, co- 50 recipes for Coca-Cola. I never, I didn't buy it, but I was thinking, hmm, what if I put Coca-Cola in instead? And then it changed to Cherry Coke. So now I put Cherry Coke into, into my chili. I put other things in to, I put other things in to, uh, to uh, make it sweeter. So my chili is a sweet and savory chili. I'm not going to tell you everything I put in. No, we're not but, asking uh, for that. But I, uh, I have recently, uh, I recently tried one with the peach salsa. And it was absolutely amazing. It was my most recent, for the Super Bowl, my most recent one. I used pizza salsa, and uh, my wife commented that it was the best that I've made. And, but, so my first chili competition, I did not win. I was at, um, I was in Frostburg, Maryland, and one of the guests was former Pittsburgh Pirate and Major League Baseball great, John Candelaria. He was a guest here. The Candyman. Yep. And so I was, uh, I was in line to meet him, um, with it, get an autograph, and uh, he saw my Steeler chef hat and my Steeler apron. He's like, "Okay, that's awesome. I'm going to come down to your booth." And so, true story, he comes down to my booth. And he's like, "Taste the chili." He's like, "This is awesome. I love it." And then he comes back by later, and I'm adding more beans, and the beans I'm adding. Says chili starter because it's Bush's beans. Bush's chili starter because it has like just a little extra flavor in there. So it adds a little extra a gravy. A little kick. Go. Yeah. Well, I don't do it hot. That's that's one of my things. Well, just a, a non-hot kick. Yeah. It it adds just some more flavor because remember they don't call it chili sauce; they call it chili gravy. And so I'm putting that in, and he sees me do that. He's like, "You're cheating." I'm like, no, Candy, man, I'm not cheating, I swear, I'm not cheating. But I still have the autographed picture that says, to Brian, best chili ever, John Candelaria. So <laughs> I still have that as proof, but he might have ripped it up if, uh, after he saw it, because that was my last word to, uh, to the, uh, a pitcher that had a no-hitter in 1976. My last words were hearing, you cheated. I'm like, no, I'm not cheating. And he was joking, but I was like, no. But uh, that's something that is legal. But, so I ended up taking fourth in that contest as far as uh, people's choice goes. And then I started to uh, listen to a lot of what a lot of people were saying. And people would come by, and you know, mind you, they're at a chili cook-off, but they would say, is it hot? I can't, my stomach can't do hot. And I'd be, so what I started doing, I started entering two chilies, one, one pot, with hot, because some people are looking for the hot. And the other one I would make that was was uh, very mild. And so I started winning people's choice contests that way. I, I, won, I won three in Waynesboro um, in the last ten years. And that's how I started winning, giving Let's giving talk about those more specifically, the three in Waynesboro, when approximately they occurred for each one, and what happened? Um, I've... Uh, I would say 2011 um, was my first one that I won, and it's 
ironic because uh, one of the uh, one of the radio personalities in your family of uh, in your family radio stations that you work with came by, and he was a judge, and he came by afterwards, and and uh, his exact words were, "Don't tell my grandmother, but this is the best chili I've ever had." <laughs> so, um, but it's uh, it's something that I just. But what I do when I make my chili is I just listen to what people have to say, and I, I take hints every single time. Um, the first People's Choice I actually won was with, in the Hague with the Hagerstown Sons. I believe that was 2009, and there were restaurants there, and I, I did beat the I did uh, beat the others in the People's Choice. Um, but it was just a, a fun festival. I have not competed in a couple years. Uh, my other two People's Choices were. Um, I would probably say 13 and 14 or 12 and 13 or I, I'm not really sure, but um, I haven't done them in a while, and I do need to get back to it, but it's something that I have a lot of fun doing. Let's talk specifically about you talk about having a lot of fun doing it. What are the things that you really like about a chili competition? Well, it's a chance to get out there, and of course, when I say get out there, it's just a chance to meet people, and it's a lot of fun. And I go around and I taste other chilies, and I'm not in it to win it. I'm in it just, just to have fun. It's not, it's not cheap to be in a chili cook-off because you're probably, spending, you're probably spending so much for the entry, and you're spending so much for all the ingredients, and you're usually, you usually need to have about six gallons of chili on hand. And I've been in chili cook-offs where we run out because people keep coming back. But the first thing that, and you, you can guess, you need to have a theme. You need to decorate your booth. You need to have a theme. And I know you, could, you know what my, my theme is. It's Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Super Bowl of Chili. But I do put up Raven stuff, and I do put up, uh, I, I'll put up some small Raven stuff. I'll put Super Bowl memorabilia up. I'll put a laptop out playing Steelers Super Bowl highlights and stuff like that. Just to make it an experience, I'll have bobbleheads out um, to draw people there. People will come over to taste my chili, to come to my booth, and say they won't taste my chili because they, uh, they're a Ravens fan and they won't have anything to do with me. I'm like, I tell you what, taste my chili, I promise you, taste my chili, but Steelers fans and Ravens fans or whoever they are have one thing in common, they both hate the Bengals. Next thing you know... They're checking out my chili. They're like, all right, for a Steeler fan, you're not bad. <laughs> and they come by and they say, I voted for you. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's just, just a, a chance to be a part of a community, and it's a lot of fun. Without giving away any trade secrets, go ahead and give the ingredients in your favorite chili in case someone would like to mark those down as we're talking with Brian Anthony Davis. And he has entered Coach Goody's Kitchen. Go ahead, Brian. Well, one of the things that sets mine apart, like I said, is the cherry coke, um, because you're not watering it down, but you're lengthening it. Uh, you're still putting some sugar in it, but you're not. You're still not putting as much sugar as if you were just dumping cups and cups of sugar in it. Um, so, like I said, I try to make it very sweet, and I do that with an array of uh, array of salsas or uh, pepper and onion relishes, something like that. To go ahead and make it sweet. Um, as far as uh, another thing, I try to make it savory too. So it's 
it's the uh, spices that I use. There's some specific spices. One I'm not afraid to say. It's uh, it's Montreal steak seasoning. I really like. Uh, I really want to give it a meaty flavor along with a uh, a sweet flavor. So that sweet and savory for me is a big deal. You mentioned Cincinnati, and we can deal with some football here. Cincinnati chili, a dish developed by Macedonian and Greek immigrants deriving from their own culinary traditions. Arguably, Brian, you're not going to like this. The most vibrant continuation of the chili parlor traditions with dozens of restaurants offering this style throughout the Cincinnati area. It can be traced back to at least 1922 when the original Express Chili opened up. Interesting. Let's go to Green Bay. The Chili Parlor, Chili John's, has existed since 1913. As with the Cincinnati Chili, it is commonly served over spaghetti with oyster crackers, but the recipe is less sweet with a higher proportion of fat. Our medical analysts aren't going to like this stuff, but that's okay. <laughs> Everything in balance. But I think that is ever so interesting. The original proprietor's son opened a second location so we can get our California teams in there in Burbank, California in, in 1946, which is also still in existence. And although we no longer have a football team in St. Louis, we have one obviously in Kansas City, until the late 2000s, the Chili Parlor, dating back to 1904, O.T. Hodge continued to operate in St. Louis. It featured a chili top dish called a slinger. I think this is for Andy Reid. Two cheeseburger patties, hash browns, and two eggs smothered. Do you hear that word, Brian? Smothered in chili. As of 2014, no O.T. Hodge Brand locations remain. Although, here's a bright spot. Tully's Tap. This may be a place you want to frequent. A pub and restaurant in O'Fallon, Missouri, offers what it claims to be the original O.T. Hodge recipe on its menu. That's good stuff. That is really good stuff. I have had Cincinnati chili, and it was pretty good. And if, if you like, I mean... Anybody that thinks about chili over pasta, it's basically like having meat sauce over pasta with a little bit more. And we talk about the uh, soup, pasta, pajol, you know, you've got beans in that. So if you're eating a, I mean, it's a really good dish. Now, as far as the burger with a uh, with chili on it, in fact, I just had a chili dog yesterday. And I, uh, I grew up eating chili dogs at Sheep's. Even though because it was just there weren't beans in it though, so I would I would eat chili dogs and onions and cheese for the longest time, and then when I was uh, in college, I discovered something in Johnstown called Coney Island, and uh, Coney Island had, was around for over a hundred years. In fact, I think they're trying to revive it now, but they would they would have the uh, chili and onions and cheese mustard. And a fried egg, they would have that forever. It was called a sundowner. And now, everywhere you go, you're finding burgers with a fried egg. 
but that was the first time I ever discovered that. Now you're telling me that's in, in Green Bay? That's, that's amazing. That's really good stuff. But everybody thought that was really disgusting. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. Chili, onions, a fried egg, yeah, even mustard, which I was never a big mustard fan in, until I started doing that. That's really good stuff over a burger. What do you think about the spaghetti with chili? Yeah, I mean, it's just like having a meat sauce. It's just like a little bit more. A little different flavor to the chili, but it's really good. Um, now, I, like I told you, I would never eat it before. I would never eat spaghetti with meat sauce, and now now I do that all the time. Um, really good stuff uh, when you're adding it with pasta. We're talking chili with Brian Anthony Davis on National Chili Day. How important, Brian, is the meat selected for chili? I'm sorry? How important is the meat selected for chili? You know what? It's it's very important because, uh, you know, now you just mentioned the fat content with, with some of them. You know, I uh, I just think you you want the meat has to be, you don't want to overcook the meat. But I usually try to go 93% or 90% and above. I don't go, I really, I have gone lower. I don't really want to go below 80%. You want to have a really lean meat in there, but um, just when you're being health conscious. But as far as flavor goes, you know, you're not, you're not losing too much because a lot of people are cooking the grease out of it to begin with. Now, some people will think that, that there's a lot more flavor in that grease, but then you're, uh, then you're risking being labeled like Mel Sharples from the uh, hit TV show from the 70s and 80s, Alice, at Mel's Diner with the world's greasiest chili. And nothing sets worse than two hours after a bowl of chili and it's really greasy and you're like, oh, it's just, uh, that's like a bad hangover. But again, the meat, and as you were alluding to, a certain amount of fat does add needed flavoring. Yeah, I've, uh, with, with what I add, though, it, it makes up for it. So that's, that's, something, uh, that's something you can make, you can be a little healthier. But you can make it make it up for it in the uh, in the spices, and we have so many varieties of spices and seasonings right now that uh, you can really get that meaty flavor, and there's it does not taste artificial. Now, a lot of one thing that I, I did not elaborate on, I uh, I marinate. I don't marinate it long, but I put a certain type of marinade in it to uh, to give it more of a flavor too so you're not lacking in flavor with it's just how you treat the chili coach Woody has found that delicious chili actually can even be better the second time around it is absolutely now when, you, when I go to cook-offs that allow you to make it before you get there and there's cook-offs that do that they say you make it before you come some of it you have to do it on site. But if it's one that I'm allowed to make it beforehand, I'll make it, if it's a Saturday morning, I'll make it on Thursday night. You want to let it get cold. Chili is the one food that is better reheated because the flavor comes out when you reheat it. You don't, when, you, when you're serving it right out of the pot, the, the flavor does not have, have time to take. But once it sits, the flavor sets in. That is, I'm glad you brought that up because that is absolutely true when it comes to chili. 
I the uh, the Super Bowl chili that I made when I when I uh, when I had some the next day, it was a hundred times better. You have entered into Coach Gordy's kitchen, and this is how we are renowned in our own way of food knowledge. Absolutely. And one more thing about reheating the chili. It's going to get hotter, too. It will get spicier as well. So when, you, when you're first making it and you don't think that it's spicy, um, that spice sets in, too, because I didn't think my, my last chili was that spicy and it had a little more of a kick the next day, and I, I don't handle spice as well either. Remember, when you're making chili, you could always heat it up. You could never take the heat out of it. And so that's uh, always have... If you're serving it and uh, some people like like it hot, have a hot sauce that you would use in the recipe. Have it on hand for them to, to add to it. Uh, that's that's something that you could always do. Brian, if anyone would like to discuss chili with you personally, would you give out your contact information from behind the steel curtain? Yeah, you can get you can get a hold of me on Twitter at btsc bad. And that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. You can also get a hold of me uh, through Facebook on Behind the Steel Curtain, the uh, Behind the Steel Curtain Facebook page as well. We're going to change over for all of our Steeler Nation teammates and listeners. And before we get to this latest news with Ben Roethlisberger, I want to pause here and former running back from many decades, Garaki Blyer for the past several years he has actually had a one-man stage show the play with rocky blyer telling his life stories but when the stage is shut down last march because of the covid his show did as well and he is back and the good part is you can watch the play with rocky blyer right from the comfort of your own home as it's now available via broadway on demand to download or watch on a smart tv so there's some news about blyer I did not know that. That's amazing. We had a uh, interview. Our very own Michael Beck had an interview with Rocky just about a couple months ago, uh, and it, he's so well spoken. He is great to talk to. I had an opportunity to meet him about ten years ago, and I lost the picture. But he put he lets you wear his rings if you ask him. You could put your rings on and take a picture. Uh, I have a picture of my dad wearing his rings. I just don't have the picture of me doing it. So that's one of the things I'd love to do again. It's, uh, he does that autograph signing. What an awesome guy. Blyer and the crew from the play worked with the staff at the Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center in Midland, Pennsylvania, and they made magic happen. Lincoln Park had everything they needed stage-wise, availability, because they weren't able to do performances with crowds because of the pandemic and a relationship already with Broadway On Demand. So we wish Rocky Blyer a fine person and very good running back, Vietnam-era veteran, well with what's going on. I tell you what, I could definitely talk about Rocky all day long. Well, <laughs> That's the one guy. going to give you that opportunity in the weeks ahead. We will do a segment just about Rocky. Now, in our remaining time, we do have the most recent news concerning quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, Go. Like Sam through the hourglass, so are the days of the Steelers' lives. So 
it just seems like things keep going on and on. If you, if we had this conversation yesterday at this time, I would have told you that, yeah, it looks like they're pushing them out the door. I told you that last week. But it kind of seems like Ben Roethlisberger, the way they were saying and then the report that Aditi Kinkabala came out with, the report that they came out with after Cam Hayward had his deal restructured and they said they're still not sold on Ben Roethlisberger, well, that all changed when Ryan Tolner came out, and Ryan Tolner is uh, Ben, Ross- ben Roethlisberger's agent. When Tolner came out and said, we sat down with Art Rooney, too. Um, Art Rooney, too, says that he wants to be a Steeler. He wa- they want him to be a Steeler the rest of his career. Now, when an agent says that, I don't take much stock in that, Gordy, not whatsoever. But when Art, too, comes out, like he did, either late last night or this morning when I read it, and he had a press release from the Steelers saying that we are working out an opportunity for Ben Roethlisberger to stay in Pittsburgh. And so Ben Roethlisberger is going to be your quarterback in 2021, barring something extraordinary because Ben says that he's going to rework his deal to make it work out with the Steelers. Uh, They need to do that. The early reports that I'm hearing is that they could, they could uh, knock the hit down this year um, to save about $14.7 million, and $14.7 would go against the cap next year. Hey, look at the numbers. 14.7 is a lot better than 41, and how much of a hit it could have been. So uh, it still would have been about a $23 million hit if they would cut him and he's gone. So this gives an opportunity. Sure, you're kicking the can down the road once again, um, but a $14 million cap hit where they're, when they're in a situation where their cap situation is not going to be as bad next year because of all of the hits they're taking this year, well, you know, it is a lot more manageable. There are still guys on that team that they're looking at, like Stephon Tuitt and Chris Boswell, that they can go ahead and move some money around and make more space. I'm not sure what kind of space they're looking for, but that space will not be used on a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback for 2021, it seems, right now. Tomorrow might be a different story because this, the terms of this uh, situation and this entire story keeps changing. Well, we can tell everyone this is live, and they're hearing it right from Brian Anthony Davis. Do you have anything else about the Steelers you'd like to share? No, I told you about the uh, the deal. Um, more things are going to be happening as we get closer to free agency, as closer to the cap. But it looks like they could be not major players, but they could have some couch couch cushion money to spend coming up in the off season when uh, we start right around St. Patrick's Day. It has been a blast, most of all, talking with you about Chile because I know you appreciate this opportunity and having formerly been in Chile competitions, Chile cook-offs, and we look for when you're in one again, and we'll cover that for you. That's, that sounds great. The, uh, the next time I do one, I will, uh, in fact, you'll have to look out for me. If you see of any coming up in the area, just give me a call, let me know, and uh, I will proudly represent Gordy, uh, the line, and Coach Gordy, I will be glad to uh, let you sponsor me.
that would be well appreciated and an honor, and certainly I believe we could arrange for Coach Gordy to hang out with you. That, that would be amazing. Have a good afternoon, sir. All right, buddy. Thank you very much.